Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Here's my friend Gordon Chang. Gordo, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm fine, Sid, and thank you. You know, by the way, talking about road trips, we, Lydia and I are on a road trip. We are going to go through, when we're done, I think uh, 19 states. Wow. Speaking to her. And we are seeing America, and I can report as well that America is alive and well. There you go, Chad. Now you got Gordon Chang on your side, too. How about that? That's a big endorsement. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How are you guys doing it, Chad? How to bike? Are you doing like a Winnebago? How are you guys uh, doing the country tour? We're doing it in our Chevy. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's real America right there. Chevrolet and all over America. I love it, Gordon. Well, good for you. And, again, it was great meeting you and your wife over at the gala a couple of weeks ago. But let's get right to it. Joe Biden, these streets here by 49th and 3rd, lockdown, cops everywhere. This is the big morning. He's going to speak at the U.N. Assembly coming up now in less than three hours. And one of the major topics he will spend time talking about is this Ukraine-Russia war what do you expect Biden's going to say today? Any solutions, any any hope of ending this thing sometime soon? What do you think Biden's take is on today, today on the Ukraine-Russia war? He will say exactly what he said in the past. I don't expect anything new um, because I think Biden is just sort of clueless in a sense. Now, I think his policies um, are right. It's, you know, as Bill O'Reilly said before your break, look, the Chinese view this as a proxy war. They don't think it is a war between Ukrainians and Russians. They see it as a war with the United States. And so, therefore, it puts the war in a very different context. I agree with that to a certain extent. I do think they're paying very, very close attention. But, you know, I just saw a story just yesterday that they can't be paying that much attention to it because – uh, this story in more than one place says that the Chinese have been flying over 150, over 150 planes over Taiwan. So that sounds to me like the Chinese are getting very, very close to doing something there, which would be catastrophic. As you said many, many times, there are two ways you pretty much guarantee World War Three. If Putin goes into Poland, that's a NATO country, and, of course, if the Chinese go into Taiwan. And it looks like China-Taiwan, maybe right around the corner. Yes, and it could also be China-Philippines. And we have a mutual defense treaty with the Philippines. At Second Thomas Shoal in the South China Sea, for the last uh, about four or five weeks, China's been engaged in intensified activities to prevent the Filipinos from reinforcing um, Second Thomas Shoal. And it has gotten very, very belligerent recently. So it's Taiwan, could be the Philippines, and could be other places as well. Um, But China is taking its cue from seeing the way the United States and Europe deals with Ukraine. And if we're successful there, I think China will be impeded from any invasion plans in East Asia. But if we fail, then I believe Xi Jinping will see a green light. Gordon Chang, follow Gordon on X. Gordon G. Chang, get his new booklet. It's titled China is going to war. You said you like Biden's policies. 
when it comes to the Ukraine. As far as I know, the policy is Zelensky calls, says, I want a ton of money. Biden gives him twice as much. And that seems to be the quote unquote policy. And it's not working because this war is now going on 20 months. And you know as well as I do that if we really had a policy on ending this war, we could have done it a year and a half ago. So what exactly do you like about Biden's policies? And if it's not working, what can he do better? Yeah, it's certainly not working the way that it should. And we should be giving Ukraine the weapons it wants. Um, And uh, what we have done so far is try to manage the war, to try to not anger Putin too much. And that has led to this war being dragged out. Um, So in that sense, I don't like what Biden's doing. But I do like his overall support for Ukraine because it does mean, therefore, that Ukraine has a chance of winning. You know, we just saw North Korea um, meet with uh, Vladimir Putin in um, Russia. And there there's the suggestion that the North Koreans are going to be supplying ammunition and other high consumption rate items to Russia for use in the war. That's basically China. I think they're using North Korea as a cutout. So we are seeing basically the gelling of a coalition that is fighting in Ukraine. It is not only Russia, it's China and North Korea. Boy, it seems like there are so many countries, continents, whether it's Africa, whether it's China, uh, whether it's uh, Russia, all these people at this point hate us. And I know that Ukraine continues to be one of our friends, and Biden and Zelensky are very, very close. But it seems like the list of countries and continents, the more you and I speak, are starting to grow on a daily basis from people around the world that would love to see the West completely destroyed. Is that a fair assessment of what we've talked about? That is a fair assessment, and there you can blame Biden because Biden has opened the door for effective Chinese diplomacy to recruit our friends. So, for instance, Saudi Arabia. You know, during the Trump years, the U.S. had the best relationship with Saudi Arabia since FDR, who established the relationship in 1945. Um, Biden opened the door to Saudi Arabia moving to China, as well as the other five members of the Gulf Cooperation Council. Biden opened the door in Brazil by supporting Lula da Silva in his election bid last year. And by the way, Um, those those two guys are set to meet today. Biden will sit with Netanyahu and the Brazilian president you just mentioned. Yes, and and Lula has been leading the charge on de-dollarization, in other words, getting rid of the dollar. And so that would never have happened if Biden didn't support his presidential bid. So we are seeing um, Biden support leaders who dislike or hate the United States. This is really, truly misguided, atrocious diplomacy on the part of the president, our president. And people think what he did uh, just yesterday may have been the worst yet. And that is Iran back in the news. You remember, of course, when he was vice president, we had that awful deal that Obama and John Kerry put together, that Iranian deal, which we know for a fact. I used to speak, Gordon, to Ben Weenthal about twice a week. Ben was a guy living in uh, Germany, but he wrote for the Jerusalem Post. And he would write articles almost every week confirming that Iran was breaking the rules of that agreement every week. They were acquiring all this material to make nuclear weapons, even though the agreement said they couldn't do it. And we did nothing about it. We didn't break the treaty. We didn't stop them. And here we go again. Now, a prisoner swap in which in which we lessen or we loose up, I should say, six billion dollars for a country that wakes up every day trying to figure out how to destroy Israel and the United States. How do you give these people six billion dollars? Explain that to me. 
I can't. Uh, Biden's deal was hideous. Announced, it was announced on the 22nd anniversary of 9/11. Um, I, I just don't have words to describe how bad. And by the way, not was. just not just announced on that day, but announced on that day from Alaska, the only president since that tragic day 22 years ago not to be at ground zero. So there were two disrespectful things. A, he said it from Alaska, and B, like you said, I'm giving Iran $6 billion. And when Biden gave his speech in Alaska, he started out with lighthearted comments. And during that speech was supposed to be about 9-11. He then went after his domestic adversaries. That is just wrong on every level. This is one of the most disgraceful events in American history. Wow. You think it's it really gets to that level? One of the most disgraceful events in American history. You're putting it right there. On a day where America lost 2,977 Americans to mark the anniversary by talking about his high school days and then to go after Republicans, I, I just don't have words for that. Really? I mean, because when you consider that he did tell us that he stood outside what looked like the gates of hell on September 12th when he was in Washington, D.C., he did tell us his son Bo died in Iraq when, in fact, he died in a hospital in the United States. He did talk about Maui, those poor people losing, I don't know how many thousands of people, but he had a kitchen fire once when he was in Hawaii. So I got to tell you, this kind of fits right in with all the other horrible lies that Joe Biden has told us. And and that is, I think, those are symptoms of diminished mental capacity. You know, whatever one may think of Biden's policies, it's clear that he is not fit to be president of the United States. But can it be both? Because Bill O'Reilly makes that same argument all the time, and I and I, I take offense to it. I, I believe it's both. I think, yes, he has it diminished is, capabilities, but he's a creep. The man is an absolute creep. You know, I agree with you. I was just talking about uh, his mental capacity, and that alone is sufficient to disqualify him from serving as president of the United States. You know, as much as people may not want a President Harris, it's clear that Biden does not have the mental capacity to deal with this. And we are approaching a war, a war which was made possible because of Biden's atrocious policies in Afghanistan that led to the invasion of Ukraine, which could lead to China's belligerence in East Asia. And that war is unlikely to stay conventional. We need a president who is able to exert all mental facilities to protect the United States in a moment of unique danger.